So welcome to episode three of Stanislaus Queercast. I'm your host, Steph Landeros, and my preferred gender pronouns are they, them. I'm a fourth year, and I'm a senior here at CUC Stanislaus. Hi, this is Jesus Alvarado. My PGPs are he, his, him. I am a junior here. Um, my major is Spanish with double minor in journalism and ethnic studies. And this week's episode is going to be talking about a really sensitive topic um, amongst the LGBTQ plus community. So I am suggesting that if you are listening to this and you have been a victim of violence or sexual violence in your past, uh, please be warned that this episode covers and focuses on a lot of that, on a lot of those experiences. So today we'll be presenting an original film that one of my peers acted in. It's called Breaking the Silence, and it's an original film about male and LGBTQ survivors of domestic violence and sexual abuse. So like I said, it's an important topic, not a fun one, but an important topic we need to touch base on. It'll be held tomorrow at the State Theater in Modesto from 6.30 p.m. till 9 p.m., and it's free to the public. It's no cost at all. And with us, actually, today we have Steven Gagziola, who is my peer who acted in this documentary. So would you like to share? First of all, introduce yourself and share with us about the film. Right. So my name is Steven Gagziola. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am a junior at CSU Stanislaus, and I'm majoring in communications. So the way I took in part into this project was um, actually my coworker where I work at, I work at a nonprofit organization, Learning Quest, where we help aid um, people get their GED and their high school diploma. Well, she introduced me into this um, script that she was having, um, directing, and she told me if I wanted to be part of it. So I told her, yeah, and the, the thing about it, I had to learn the script in three days. Oh, wow. So within those three days, <laughs> I was like, okay, so what am I doing? What is this? And then I, when she started reading the topic, like she didn't even give me the, the, the idea of it, and she just gave me the script. And once I was reading, I was like, wow, this is talk, um, talking about LGBTQ awareness and stuff like that. And I felt very, like, touched, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, it's mm-hmm. something that not a lot of our society talks about when it comes about male abuse because it's mm-hmm. mainly more focused on woman abuse. Mm-hmm. And this project was just like so uplifting and I asked her about it and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, just um, do what you gotta do and just, but it would be it would mean a lot if you can be part of it. And yeah, I actually did. And I invested myself so much into this character and it's, it was such an amazing experience just to actually advocate this awareness into yeah. the public and actually make it, um, like a stopping point for males to be actually like you have to break your silence you have to say and mm-hmm. and tell like i need to stop this relationship or any type mm-hmm. of abuse and stuff like that right and so <clears throat> sorry do you feel that you know breaking the silence like you said do you feel that male um m- men who are in an abusive relationship don't speak up just because I guess society holds them up to like a higher standard like you're a male you're supposed to like and take whatever and just suck it up yes I definitely do because um and actually one of the characters in this film actually portrays a story like that how he's being abused by his mm-hmm. wife and he even tells um the police and the police even tell him like you need to um man up you're the man of this house and how can wow. you how can you 
allow that and stuff like that and it really shows this film actually develops really well and it mm-hmm. actually shows every perspective of any type of abuse mm-hmm. being same sex even being in a heterosexual um, couple and it's quite an amazing experience what I, what I saw in this film right so could you talk about a little bit about your character you mentioned that in the in the documentary mm-hmm. right um, or the film the the character is abused by his partner but um, actually, there's different topics I would talk about. Okay. So I'm actually um, a child abuse victim. So okay. I actually started, um, my character's name's John's. You'll see him in John's story. Um, I actually, um, his character actually got abused by um, his dad's friend and this whole story. And you actually see how this character's um, um, abuse as being a child actually develops throughout his whole life like he starts to question about his sexuality he doesn't even understand the fact that this man is touching him and stuff like that he doesn't even know like he's loving me but at the same time because his parents work all the time Mm -hmm. his parents don't have time for him so he seeks love in this person at Mm -hmm. the same time and it's quite it's just an amazing experience about this character and just what it brings forward that sounds really intense it is very intense did you do any like research in terms of like uh like the behavioral, the behaviors that child abuse victims exhibit. Yes, actually, I did because like it was so hard. Cause like me being me being me, I'm very expressive. I'm very loud. I'm very like loud. I could just say that. <laughs> but like when it came to this character, it's like I can't be Stephen. I need to be John. And so I had to break myself. And even when you see the character being filmed, like I was like, I don't want to portray myself. Like I, I need to make this person feel so sheltered and make mm-hmm. make him so secluded to society. And like, no, I'm okay. Nobody has to know what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, I just started reading a whole bunch of articles about um, LGBTQ um, abuse and stuff like that, and even child abuse. And I just got so into it. And even when I started acting and I finished the role. Um, the director texted me, she's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm okay. She's like, well, it's because you look so so sad and into this character. I was like, no, that, that was a whole process of this thing, but I'm yeah. okay. But like, it's it's just the character that I got so into it. Mm-hmm. But it was quite an amazing. Did it take an emotional toll on you personally? Like having to read all of this information and having to go through that emotion. You said you had to break yourself. Yeah. Like, did it, so did it take an emotional toll on you? It did, it actually did take an emotional toll on me because like just like even hearing the fact of how you were saying about um, the, the queer prom or prom, prom LGBTQ Rainbow prom, Rainbow prom. Yeah. about the prom and saying like how you wanted to, to go to prom with the person you loved and you wanted to dance with that person. It's just that same thing that I got out of this character. It's just like this person feels so bottled in that he can't tell the people who he loves, like what's really happening to him, and like mm-hmm. he wants to express himself, but he really can't. And to me, that's very hard because, like, I mean, I have friends who are LGBTQ, mm-hmm. and me myself, I'm sexually fluid into this mm-hmm. whole um, LGBT um, community, and it's just so hard finding um, a space to actually express yourself and tell people, like, oh, this is who I love, and mm-hmm. accept it. And it's always like that basis of of life that we're always looking for someone to accept ourselves into some type of activity. This one's very interesting and very heavy. <laughs> Sounds extremely powerful. Yes. So you mentioned that your character is like struggling with finding themselves. Mm, finding himself. Finding themselves. Um, is the film broken up into different pieces? Like John's story is John's yes. story, and then yes. <clears throat> so it's a doc, uh, a documentary style. Um, most of these stories. Um, are portrayed by the real characters and some of them are portrayed uh-huh. by actors. 
but it touches bases into a whole bunch of stuff like there's poems and there's um acting and stuff like that and i think there's even like um i'm not quite sure if somebody sings or not but i'm not quite i'm not might, might not be sure about that but it breaks down and it focuses on every type of uh, of abuse like i said child abuse domestic abuse and abuse in a heterosexual couple and abuse in a same-sex couples and stuff like that but these and just the whole way this the director developed this story is just quite amazing because when you're seeing the film you actually like start to think like is that true is that really him is that really her is that her story is it somebody else's story and it's just mm -hmm. quite an amazing experience to, to just to to question yourself like mm -hmm. is that true but it brings out the whole idea of like well that could be me or that could be that person that could be that person it could be anybody mm -hmm. so um Jesus was talking about, or earlier something was said, in terms of like, I think you were actually talking about it, how like one of the characters in this film went to the police and they were mm -hmm. kind of like, well, you need to man up. Like, mm -hmm. why are you letting this person um, do this to you? Yeah. It was a woman abusing a man, right? Yes, That's what yeah. was happening. Okay, so um, I feel, for me personally, I feel like that really highlights like toxic masculinity mm -hmm. that we have in, yeah, our, to, in our society. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like God like I've I, I I haven't met like a male who's who's been vocal about their you know relationship and domestic abuse and I'm not sure anybody would really be vocal about it but some yeah. people are vocal about it um, but that must be really difficult for somebody that's really going through that mm -hmm. you know like having to tell somebody like hey this is happening to me and then for them to be like man no. yeah, deal with it. like just deal with it like you're bigger than her, like, just boo, you know, like, that's... Yeah, that's just horrible. <clears throat> that's terrible. And make it known that, like, a lot of the times, like, when people think of, like, you know, domestic violence or abuse, they always think, like, the majority of the time they think that it's physical, but, like, the majority of the time yeah. it also implies that it's, like, mental abuse, like, emotional abuse. And even when you're, like, emotionally abused, um, I was reading that when you're emotionally abused, you're basically, like, stuck with that person who emotionally abuses you because that's who you feel comfortable with. Like this person lets you down or puts you down so many times that you're just like, well, they're they're right. Like I, I'm not worth anything, so I'll just stick with them. So that, that's pretty like intense and very sad. Yeah, and uh, I think that domestic violence isn't mm -hmm. really talked about in the LGBT community. Yeah. Mostly because if it's talked about, it's ignored because it's like you wouldn't think that two women would be in a domestic violence relationship or two men, you know, or like if it's two men, then like doesn't quote unquote, it doesn't really matter because like mm -hmm. you're men, you know what I mean? And I think it would also, that that same logic, it would also apply to women. It's like, well, you're women, like, okay. Mm -hmm. Like who's really gonna get hurt there? I think that's like the mentality that people have, yeah, you know? Um, I know I'm being really binary, but like that's pretty much like the examples I'm using for people. Cause that's how everyone yeah. thinks about yeah. domestic abuse. Like it's binary, it's either male and a female or a female and a, and a male, mm -hmm. just that. But going to where you're, you were talking about like people having this ideology of like, oh, it doesn't happen within the community. I was reading two studies that the advocate.com posted on, on their website. And it's interesting because it says that um, within the LGBTQ plus community, no one talks about their abusive relationship just because they don't want to make it known that they're afraid that if they speak about it, then everyone in the public, I will view the LGBTQ plus community as a violent community. So they decide just to like be quiet about it and instead of like 
I don't know. It's just it was just weird, the fact that they just stay quiet because they think that you know the public is gonna think about them this way. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, already the public see, perceives us as you know perverts, etc., et stuff like that. So it it does make sense, but still, it's something that needs to be brought up and being spoken of. Yeah, definitely. Um, the director for this film actually she came upon upon this idea because she actually um, did a play on woman abuse, mm-hmm. and actually one of the the audience members told her, it's like, oh, I really liked your film, but I didn't like the fact that it didn't show this, the, the, the side of the LGBTQ or yeah. the male abuse. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you mean? And then she just told her, and she's like, wow, this is true. This is a topic that not a lot of us know about, that it's happening in everyday basis. And she yeah. actually, like, started to read into it, and then she contacted the Safe Women's Haven Center mm-hmm. in Modesto and actually wanted mm-hmm. to say, um, um, Bring about this film and actually bring awareness to this mm-hmm. to this topic. Yeah, I was reading a BuzzFeed article that was talking about T- the story. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. so basically the story talks about how these two women, uh, one was pregnant and mm-hmm. was raped by her partner, which was also a woman. And so when she went to go report, you know, like report this to the police and say mm-hmm. my girlfriend rapes me, um, the police were just kind of like what like what do you mean like because the only real definition of rape is you know penis penetration you know forced penetration and so they're just kind of like you're lying like that doesn't happen oh but it does um and i think that this story is one of those that we're that we were talking about earlier like how you go to report something and somebody's just kind of like yeah whatever yeah right okay sure Uh uh-huh uh-huh okay get the hell out of here type of thing which is extremely unfortunate because it happens. Like somebody, yeah. anyone can assault you. You know what I mean? Anyone. Like it doesn't matter what they look like, mm-hmm. what their genitalia is. Like who they are. You're assaulted. Identify us. Yeah. Either way. And I think that brings up the topic of like, should our like public servants be trained on LGBTQ plus issues to know how to deal with them? For example, like a counselor, mainly a counselor who I guess like you know, a lot of um, couples go to counselors, and I'm a I hope that um, same-sex couples also tend to do the same. But I, I, let me reward this. Like, do you think that that kind of brings up the question of like whether our counselors, our police, everyone who serves for us in the public should be like more trained on how to deal with issues within the LGBTQ plus community? Like, I think that also brings up that question, if that makes sense. Wait, could you repeat it one more time? Okay, <laughs> so I asked, um, do you think that throughout this, because, you know, he's, he gave the, the example of this mm-hmm. person, um, this man going to the cop and telling him, like, hey, like, my, my wife um, is abusing me, and the cop says, well, tough it up, you're a man. Mm-hmm. And then you gave your story example, which was, you know, like, my girlfriend, this woman who says her partner, who is also a female, is raping her, and then the cop also says, like, how is that possible? You're joking, blah, blah, blah. I feel like within those stories, like, it brings up the topic or the question, like, should our counselors or our police officers be trained and how to deal with, you know, people from the LGBT community and certain issues that they're not very aware of? I definitely think so because yes. it's like, I don't know, for me, it's like you have training for everything. Like you have, for example, here on this campus, to be a charter club or, or Greek organization, you yeah. have to have some sort of Title IX training. You have to have mm-hmm. some alcohol awareness training um, and sexual violence training, you know. 
Um, I know recently the campus did a campus-wide thing where you can't register for classes unless you do this this training. I'm not saying that doing yeah. this training will keep somebody from hurting somebody else, but it's like the campus's way of like, well, you know, we're doing something about it kind it's of thing. It's bringing it up at least, yeah. Um, and I mean, and most of the most of those they've gotten better over the, over the time that I've been here because I remember when I was here there was no LGBTQ really inclusive like training, it was just mostly mm-hmm. like you know what happens in heterosexual relationships or like mm-hmm. what happens when like a girl goes really drunk to a party and a guy takes advantage of her type of thing, yeah. um, and so you know, what happens when a gay man goes to a college party and another mm-hmm. man takes advantage of him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not talked about. Mm-hmm. Although that does happen, you know? Exactly. What happens when a drunk woman goes to a party and another woman assaults her, you know? Mm-hmm. That happens, and that's not talked about. Um, and I feel like because it's not talked about, it's become invisible. Um, and so forcing people to be trained on these things and talk and talking to people about these things makes people aware that these things do happen. It presents visibility. And I feel through that, like, I, I feel like it's, it should be a requirement for everybody because absolutely because I forgot what the statistic was, but I think it was like <clears throat> one in every fifth. Well, no, I think it was like one in every 10 young adults is identifies as LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. I think I might be wrong. I have to look that up later. Don't, yeah. don't quote me on this, <laughs> listeners. Don't quote me. But it's 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 around there, you know, yeah. like it's so common for people to be LGBT because it's like it's just a way of people's lives like that doesn't mean that they're any different than you are you know like this is a whole population that has been ignored for such a long time like why not talk about the, the things that happen in this population i think you were right about the one in ten because i just googled it and there's even a separate organization for it it's called one and ten dot org oh huh. mm. so yes fact checking fact checking <laughs> on the spot yeah, of course. Go for it. Okay. So actually, like how you were talking about how like we need to like bring awareness into the LGBTQ um, whole perspective and community. It's actually funny because I went to go see uh, Power Rangers for my birthday, and actually um, they feature the Yellow Ranger. She's actually the first LGBTQ um, superhero ever to be filmed and actually brought upon United States mm-hmm. in in history. And actually, um, in Russia, they actually banned it because it's encouraging. Um, LGBTQ, homosexuality. yeah, and homosexuality <laughs> and stuff like that, and it's quite, um, quite amazing how just like until now we are actually seeing a character like this be developed in the big screen, and it's actually like I said, much like this film, it's bringing awareness. Like we need to bring awareness to us, to our problems, to everything else that we are going through and stuff like that. But it's like I said, that movie, it pretty, it pre- it brings into a whole bunch of diversity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like <clears throat> I know what Power Ranger you're talking about um, because I read a couple articles. Yeah, the about Yellow Ranger. <laughs> yeah, um, it's weird because one. Yeah, it is weird because people also lost it. I don't know if you guys watched the Beauty and the Beast. The yeah, movie. the one of the characters was. Yeah, at the end, the quote unquote gay scene, yeah. which is just a man dancing with a man. That was a gay scene. Oh my god! Everybody Please lost don't it. Show yeah. me that. My eyes, they hurt. Exactly <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's a so cool. They bend it in Alabama or some. I want to be some some, somewhere in the south, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I remember reading that ridiculous ass piece. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't get the fact that like you know it's a man dancing with another man, and that was our biggest gay scene, quote unquote, right? <laughs> like honestly, like I thought it was like, oh maybe they were kissing. Kissing. Like even I then, assuming, I think yeah. that's stupid. But like, right. okay, like you're literally holding another man. Yeah. 
what's what's the big deal? Yeah, and it's actually funny how like you're saying it's like when they see people do that, it's like it's a big um, controversy. Mm-hmm. But yet when when that same person is going through abuse, they're like, no, you can deal with it. You can do it. Exactly. And it's quite amazing how you see the perspective in those different um, pictures and mm-hmm. see like, okay, well, if I do something with my partner in the public, you criticize me. Yeah. But if I do something that's bad, like if I get hit or if I say like, oh, um, I'm going through an abusive emotional relationship, you go, no, you can deal with that by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's just quite amazing how the, like in true tr- perspective how society actually sees all any issue and stuff like this. Yeah, it's kind of like we give attention to the wrong yeah. moment instead of the most important moment, yeah, I like, guess. Yeah. That's really sad. It's depressing, actually. It is. <laughs> it is. Like, have you guys seen that? I saw it floating around again on Facebook. It was like the what it, what the world would be like if like being straight was a crime. Oh, I yes, saw it. I, I saw that. It was yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Everybody lost it. Someone in the south again commented about it. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw it on Facebook. <laughs> I saw because like that came out. Uh, I think two years, maybe a year or so ago. It came out like a little bit, like a while ago. Yeah. And so basically it's like this short film mm-hmm. that portrays this little girl, like she's going through life, she has two moms, and like mm-hmm. being gay is normal. Like you go to church and you're gay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so if you're a straight person, you're a breeder. Like, yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's like the the, the, the insult like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, so to be called a breeder is such a bad thing. And so like they have, <laughs> like, if you really pay attention to it, like there's like voices in the background, like whenever they're, in church, like I guess their Bible says that you can only breed within a certain time period or whatever. There's like oh. a there's like a season for it. Yeah. Like to have kids. Um. Yeah. I. Because I, I, I've watched it like three or four times, and every time I, I I see it, I hear something different. Yeah. And so when they're in church, when they're sitting there, you know, you hear that, and then the little girl just kind of looks at the little boy because you know they want to be together, but they can't be together. You know. Um. And then, like, she tries to hold his hand or something, and mm-hmm. he says, like, he basically is like, get the hell away from me, like, don't <clears throat> touch me, don't talk to me. And she goes into, like, this deep depression, like, tries committing suicide. It's just really sad. Like, like it's intense. And I think that more people should see that, because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's, that l- is legit what happens with the LGBT community. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just as him, we're turning the coin around and giving other people their own taste of their own medicine, mm-hmm. which apparently hurt their feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And also, anybody who is planning on becoming a teacher of some sort, I encourage them to just go out of your way and do your own research. Like, even if you're, these are not, you're not being trained on how to deal with these situations, mm-hmm. I feel like because LGBTQ people make up the major, like a lot of the population, not the majority, but like a lot of the population, that you're going to run into somebody that needs help and like yeah. i feel like you may have to be prepared i mean you have to write i mean teachers are there for their students yeah. so i would assume so that you know they go out of their way and at least get their safe zone training mm-hmm. safe zone training is long but it is fun it brings out important topics that need to be covered i myself went through safe zone training it was important like i said and Maybe like I like I touched points uh, based on um, I think I said it before I did um, about our counselors basically anyone who serves us publicly I feel like they should also be 
either safe zone certified or some sort of like training that you know gives them awareness of the LGBTQ plus people. Um, I don't know. To end this, I feel like we should provide some sort of resources. So I have the so the Women's Haven Center is located. I think they have two. Or I think they have a few offices. Mm-hmm. Um, the fir- the office that I'm showing up that's showing up for me right now is the Modesto office, and their phone number is two zero nine five two four four three three one. And if you're a student at CSU Stanislaus, uh, we have free psychological counseling services here on campus. Um, they're located in the library on the first floor, so be sure to take advantage of that. And you can find their number on the website of the Stanislaus State website. And I think we also have um, some sort of group from the Women's Haven um, here at Stan Hill that you wrote about. It, what was it called? It's Stand Together. Stand Together, yes. So look, if you're on a student here at CSU Stan, also look out for Stand Together. They're an organization that basically is an advocate for any issue. Um, and like I said, it's part of the Women's Haven organization as well. And I guess that's what we're going to end on. (laughs) Yes, thank you guys for listening, and catch us for next week.